Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, down in Ann Arbor. Also co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast with Chris Ballas, which you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com. He joins us, and I think it was about 10 days ago, Doug, you and I talked about Michigan, and there was a mild concern about the line, about the rotations, what was going on. And I think what we witnessed in that dominating start-to-finish win at Nebraska is that Michigan basically treated their first three games like NFL preseason matchups. Yeah, well, that's there, that's not a stretch, Bill. There's no doubt about that. And there was a lot of rotation going on in those three, first few games. And there still is a little rotation going on. I'm not sure that Coach Harbaugh and Sharon Moore are settled with their tackles for two reasons. Uh, Miles Hinton at right tackle has been battling an injury, so he was out of there. And they put Barnhart at right and Ladarius there, Henderson at left tackle. And I thought they did pretty well. Not perfect. Pretty doggone well in that game last week. And then somebody against Nebraska running the football was really nice. But now Trent Jones is finding a reason for that coaching staff to put him back on the football field. And Harbaugh talked about possibly finding different combinations. So it looks like it looks like the tackle rotation is going to continue. And personally, you know, Bill, I'm a little old school. I don't know how well that does for an offensive line unit. I've always been a fan. I've always been a fan of letting the five guys get used to their body spacing and how they play next to each other. But this seems to be working. It, it, like I said, it's not perfect. It was a couple late leakers, and we got our quarterback drilled pretty hard a couple times in the Nebraska game, which can't happen. You cannot let your quarterback get hit hard. So that needs to be fixed. Um, but it seems like this, this rotation and mixture of the offensive tackle position is going to continue, at least for the short term. What do you like about Nebraska that you hadn't seen in the first three games, not just the offensive line, but from this Michigan team that made you think what I thought, like they look like the number two team in America for the first time this year? But the, the, I think some of the, the average yards rushing, Bill, that it, it looked like Michigan was back to uh, what I call sort of obvious offense, right? Nebraska knows what Michigan's going to do. Michigan knows what they're going to do. The whole stadium knows. Anybody paying attention on television, you can tell what we're going to do. And yet Michigan did it anyway with success, five, six, seven, eight-yard runs or more with consistency, moving the football. And it looked like, you know, the body language from Nebraska was – yeah, we know this is coming and we have nothing to do to stop it. And that's that's the demoralizing thing that you always look for when you're out there on offense. You can just grind people into the ground. And you might as well just call across the line there when you're in the huddle. Like, hey, fellas, we're going to run the 47G here, guys. It's coming right off the left tackle. Let's see if you guys can stop it. And you get five or six yards even though you tell them it's coming. That's, the, that's what I saw in the Nebraska game. Obviously not that obvious. Michigan wasn't telling Nebraska what the plays were, but it was pretty obvious to me, and yet Michigan still had success. If you can do that even against a not-so-great Nebraska team, these are still Division One athletes, Bill, that means you're doing pretty good. So the Michigan offensive line probably had its best outing. Like I said, still not perfect. J.J. still throws the ball really well. Uh, Roman Wilson was one of the catches of the year early in that football game, ripping the kid's head off as he secured the football for a touchdown. So, And, and then the other thing that's fun, and it's, it's, you know, it's easy to say when you're winning, that team looks like they have a lot of fun together winning, and that defense continues to dominate and not give up hardly any points. So 
check another box, another easy win, and we move on to the next one. You know, one thing about that defense that I've been saying, even with the first three games, which were obvious wins, and even the road game at Nebraska, and we'll get to the Minnesota game tomorrow night in a moment. When we look at the past two Big Ten champion teams who also went to the college football Final Four, at least my viewpoint four games in that that defense is faster to the football than those previous two defensive units and one of the fastest to the football I've seen in Ann Arbor. Yeah, well, you know, the old cliche has never stopped and never will. That That's what speed, you know, speed kills. And you can't coach speed, right, Bill? So the interior of that offensive or defensive line isn't healthy. With Mason Graham, he wasn't out there. And when he, we get him back fully healthy, it'll go well, even better than it did. I guess my point is that even without him, the mixture of the young guys, uh, you know, Rayshon Benny in there, and, of course, Jenkins moving around, that's a really effective defensive unit. If you know, if we're going to get greedy, it would be nice to see some more sacks. But even McGregor off the edge has become sort of, sort of you know pass blocking or pass disrupting specialist. When he can't get home, he's got a really good knack of watching the quarterback's eyes. And he's a tall, big, athletic kid. He gets his hands up there and disrupts passing lanes. So it's effective, and it has an effect on an opposing quarterback. So that defensive front is really nice, playing really nice football. Yes, I and mean, if there's one concern out there, we still haven't ran up against a dominating offense to really measure ourselves, but they're doing everything that they've been asked to do statistically in the top two or three categories across the country in defense. So there's nothing much really that we can ask for other than what they've continued to do. And Harbaugh back, what, what difference did you see that, and again, I, I agree with you on the chemistry, this team seems to like each other. That's been a trait from the previous two Big Ten championship and Final Four teams. Uh, but what was the difference with Harbaugh back? Anything you saw as a former player? Well, I think it just galvanizes your offense and your defensive sidelines. When, you're, when your leader, your head coach is out there, and those, and those young men probably feel like, like I do, that he was unjustifiably removed from their presence for those first few games. And so having him back and having his energy and his, his voice on that sideline, I think absolutely plays a role in how much fun they're having and them being together and having success together. It was like anything else, Bill, the greatest memories of, of your life and doing things. You're with friends and family that mean the most to you, and it's no different for a football team on the sideline. These guys are galvanizing their relationships now for the rest of their lives, and they want to do it with their coaching staff. And so to have him back, adds fun, adds confidence, adds experience to have him there. I think it goes a long way. Now, the players still have to put their feet in their eyeballs where they belong and execute, but I think it just goes along with the chemistry piece that is so important to successful teams. J.J. McCarthy, uh, there were times where I'm saying, hey, slow down on throwing the missiles. I mean, just (laughs) launching it. I mean, I... The, and the throw he made, I think it was the back, the rolling against his body and back to Wilson. Yeah. You mentioned Wilson's David Tyree college-esque uh, catch, but J.J. McCarthy's looking more like an NFL quarterback every game I see him play. He's definitely, Bill, I, you know, with the exception of that Bowling Green game, I think he's definitely taken a big, big step forward in his in his abilities out there and what he's demonstrating for his future in football, obviously beyond college. He moves around with confidence, and I, you know, at this point, from what I see, I, I see him 
maybe at times pressing a little bit, like you say, looking to throw the bullet. Maybe he's got a safe one underneath that he could easily deliver the ball to, but he's looking downfield, looking for a little bit more. And I think that can be a good thing for sure to build confidence in his ability to zing that football as well as he does. But it also concerns me in that does he is he getting a little bit greedy so that when we get a go when we do get up against a really good defense, is is that gonna be a costly factor that he's building some sort of maybe false confidence against these defenses that aren't so great? I don't know how far that you know, that comment goes from from my point of view, but it is fun to watch his kid progress and we know for sure that he's got the ability to deliver a strike down the field. Uh, I just, you know, as long as that ball is protected and, and it's not being put into a danger, I'm all right with it because the kid is a playmaker and he obviously is having a lot of fun doing it. And Roman Wilson looks like you can't cover him. I'm telling you, his quickness, he, even his breaks on his routes, uh, his hands obviously with that David Tyree-esque uh, catch over the helmet on that Nebraska defender, but just everything about him. Uh, right now reminds me like almost of St. Brown with the Lions where he'll run a slant you can't cover him he can go deep he can go to the back of the end zone corner of the end zone just he's looking more like an NFL receiver yeah he is he's really come on and I think it's easy to say oh he's a smaller guy he doesn't you know he's not a six foot four kind of dominating presence out there physically but boy is he making up for it with the way he runs those routes and is creating separation you know, what we don't see on television, because they don't necessarily focus on it, and you, do, you see it every once in a while, is, is how he's handling, you know, press coverage. Somebody gets up in his face in a man coverage and tries to get him at the line of scrimmage and put some hands on him. But it doesn't seem to matter. He's finding a way to get into his routes. And if J.J. hangs on to that ball a little bit longer or he's forced to move the pocket a little bit or does it by choice, Roman's finding ways to adjust to give his quarterback a chance to throw it. So, just the way he's working in space and finding those angles and those lanes for J.J. to deliver the football, it's really impressive. Obviously, J.J. is getting more and more comfortable looking and finding him because he knows he's going to be open. And, and like you said, that play where he was rolling to his left, found the strength to get the right shoulder back and deliver the strike as, as Roman was cursing the back edge of the, of the end zone. Well, that's really, really good stuff, Bill. And, and we can do that, you know, game in and game out. And then when we get up against these bigger teams down here into this schedule, they're going to be a factor in how big how big this the season can really be. And from the first three games, expanding the receivers, seeing more of Johnson, even Clemens, who I think can help that wideout group, especially uh, with Wilson, with Loveland, the tight end. You're just seeing the weapons, obviously, uh, with Corman Edwards and that line coming together with their best game of the year, Michigan looked like a team that could win it all. What everybody's, for the most part, has been saying about them, and now they got to get through Minnesota. I, I don't envision this as a game that could be sitting there as a loss. Uh, how do you compare it to the road trip to Nebraska last week? Now going to Minneapolis for the Wolverines. Well, I think it could be just the same results here, Bill. I mean, Minnesota's got, uh, I think, a defense that's ranked well below halfway. I had a note here. Is their offense is ranked 100th, and their defense is ranked 60-something. I could have those backwards. But I don't see anything that jumps off the charts. You know, Coach Fleck up there in Minnesota has had, even last year, had some NFL players, a couple wide receivers that were really, really good players, had an offensive lineman that was an NFL-type guy. And Minnesota gave us problems the last time we were up there. They moved the football football pretty well on us on the ground at times, even though we won that game fairly handily. 
I don't know that he's got the same level of weapons in this roster that he's had in the past. The results should be the same. We should win this game fairly, not fairly, but pretty easily. Three or four touchdown margin here. I'm sure the, the, the Vegas line is all of that. I don't even know what it is, but I expect Michigan to win, you know, three or four touchdowns, you know, fairly easily here. Doing the same thing we saw them do against Nebraska. They should be able to run the football as they want to, and then play action off of that and run the you know run the the, the basics of their offensive playbook. Maybe open it up a little bit further. Now get into midseason here and doing a few other things, few different formations. But the fundamentals are going to be the same. Harbaugh's going to line up his offensive line and see if he can crush some people and have some fun throwing the football off of that. And the defense is just going to do what it does: smother the quarterback, pressure the quarterback. And they're not going to run for 75 yards. That's the expectation. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host on the Michigan football podcast you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com with Chris Ballas. Chris did break the story a couple of days ago. I think it was yesterday, was it? Or was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday about uh, Harbaugh's new contract will come sooner than later. Uh, this has to be an issue with Ward Manuel personally, because I have no idea with what Harbaugh's done the last two years, what he's doing again this year was with Michigan as a second-ranked team in the country, and they use that NCAA garbage as an excuse, so the contract will come after that. Well, he served a suspension. I know it's still lingering with the NCAA after this season, but what in the hell is going on with Harbaugh not getting a new deal? Well, it's, I, sh- I share Ballas's frustration and a lot of Michigan fans. You know, Ward, Ward, I think, rightfully, you know, cut Coach Harbaugh's salary when Coach Harbaugh a few years back wasn't doing all that well. The COVID season was terrible. Ohio State was mopping the floor with us on an annual basis, laughing at us no matter where we played that game. And then two and a half years ago, something changed. And the results have been undeniably awesome back-to-back Big Ten championships, playoff appearances, and we can argue about the playoff performances, but that's not even the point at this at this time. Coach Harbaugh has transformed the football program into what we wanted it to be all along. It just took him it just took him a little bit longer. But here we are and the performance now is unquestionable. So now if it was fair for Ward to cut his salary down to what he did when, when Harbaugh wasn't so great well, now Ward's got to do the opposite. Now Ward needs to lock this coach up here because there's there's obviously a lot of results as to why he should do so. So you got to make this guy the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten and maybe one of the highest-paid coaches in all of college football. He's certainly worth it in my mind. And why this is being delayed, I don't know. If, if in fact, they're using this NCAA thing as some sort of blanket or reason to not do so, whether on Bill, that'll only serve to, to lessen my surprise in coming this offseason. If he gets an NFL offer, he will bail and go to the NFL. I've been saying that for a while because of the frustrations of the college game and all these games that he's got to go through and these, these hoops that he's got to jump through. And there's a lot of things in the NFL that you don't have to do deal with that these college coaches have to deal with, with the transfer portal and the lack of roster control. And so I just think that this is a dangerous game for Ward to be playing. you got a really, really good head coach who's doing a really fine job here, wearing the Michigan hat, developing a football program into a championship-level program that we all want. 
Players are doing a good job on the field and off the field. We don't seem to have any major problems that I know of that are that are bubbling up. The guys are doing what they're supposed to do, and they're and they're they're representing the program really well, and having a lot of individual success. And there's a lot of young men coming out of there much better than they were when they arrived. I still so believe what, that Ward's hoping, even with all this success at Michigan, which really has nothing to do with Ward Manual when it comes to football. And I think that's part of this personal vendetta, whatever you want to call it. He is still hoping Jim Harbaugh, now with his success, uh, will go take an NFL job. And I don't think the Michigan alumni base and boosters will put up with it. I think Ward Manuel would go before Harbaugh would go. That's my well. Opinion. That's you know. That's what you know. It's kind of like I said. That's a, Ward's playing a dangerous game here of of putting this dividing line between him and them. I mean, come on. Ward, you got to pay the guy and let's keep him. But I've said all along now for a year now, Coach Harbaugh has said some things publicly about social issues and political issues in this country and been very vocal about those things. And I've often wondered, is is that play into some of the hesitation to lock him up long-term in Ann Arbor? It's no secret that Ann Arbor is one of the more left-leaning uh geographic territories in our really state. <laughs> i did not know that thank you doug i every Just time i'm around bit, you right? <laughs> every time i'm around you you enlighten me it could be the tullymore football summits it can be on the golf course uh, you you enlighten me to... because you know what i'm like i don't know how we put that profanity word together with three <laughs> profanity words i don't know Try to be polite here, Bill, you know, but, uh, but uh, Coach Harbaugh does not apologize for who he is, and that's one of the most admirable things about him. And so, I don't know, you know, it's, it's something's not adding up. The coach is doing a heck of a job. He deserves a contract. If, he, if this doesn't get done and done well and this guy walks with a good reason to walk, then – then Ward Manuel is going to have to answer some questions that he's probably not going to be all that comfortable answering. Amen. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman. He knows the game of football. He breaks down Harbaugh and the Wolverines with Chris Ballas every week with the Michigan Football Podcast at thewolverine.com. Joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest on Good to Hear Your Voice. Uh, enjoy another pure Michigan weekend. Hey, you do the same. Uh, good luck to that high school football team of yours, Bill. Yeah, Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern and Grand Rapids Catholic Central. I think Catholic might be two in the state and Forest Hills Eastern five and one after we lost our quarterback who decided to concentrate on baseball back in the summer. I give Coach Swander and these boys, they seem to like each other. You know, one thing you mentioned about Michigan that I really love about this Forest Hills Eastern Hawks team is that these guys seem to really care about each other. And I don't care if it's with... 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids are with grown men. That goes a long way on the field and in the locker room and in school with those kids and men. It goes it goes there and it goes everywhere else when you're working in a team organization. I'm glad to hear it. I wish those young kids the best. I hope to pull out a victory. Thank you, Doug, with his breakdown of Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern and Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you, Doug. All right, thanks, Bill. Good boy. Yeah, Doug Skeeney, and he's been very supportive of my son, Hayes.